Welcome to another episode of Call Bank Sports. Uh, as you can see, I'm in a new empty house. Uh, next week, you'll probably see me in a, a slightly different view of this house, but <laughs> I'm in the process of moving, so it's kind of crazy. Hopefully, you don't hear the echo coming in, but uh, I'm doing my best. Um, we just had the trade deadline come up, so that's what a lot of this uh, episode is going to be about. The Jazz made a trade, so we'll dig into that, uh, see what the Jazz might be looking for in the future from what happened there. And just so you know, if you're not subscribed, you're a jazz fan, please hit the subscribe button. We have some jazz gear giveaways coming up in the near future. So if you're subscribed, you'll, you'll have a shot at, at getting some of the jazz gear that Nate picked up. So, uh, yeah, it should be good. Like the video, subscribe, and let's hop into it. Um, so I mentioned trade deadline, uh, We'll, we'll definitely take time for the Jazz one, but I just wanted to open it up to the whole NBA real quick and ask what were some of the biggest trades that like stood out to you on both league-wide as an NBA fan, but also maybe some that might impact the Jazz a little bit more? Yeah, so the biggest one that stood out to me that theoretically could impact the Jazz if they make it to the finals um, is obviously the Harden for Simmons trade. And I'm going to have a maybe hot take, hot, not so hot take, I think the most important player in that trade, I, I think the one who's going to make the biggest impact is probably going to be Seth Curry. Like, and I, I don't understand, maybe I just have recency bias with Ben Simmons and just think he's completely incapable of benefiting a team and just can't remember when he was good. But I'm really intrigued to see how he fits there. I'm intrigued to see how he mes- meshes with KD. A lot of people I respect say that that's going to be a good fit at least from a basketball perspective. But can Ben Simmons just shake off everything and get right back into it? I, I'm not sure if he will. But I think that having Seth Curry to be able to um, take advantage of the net spacing and hit some threes is going to be really big um, for Brooklyn. I don't know how Harden's going to fit into Philly, but I'm excited to watch those two trades. It definitely has made the East really um, just a lot more intriguing to me as, as an NBA fan. And when it comes to... Um, the Utah Jazz as a whole. Other trades, I, I don't know. Um, we're going to get a bit more into this, but I'm just, I don't know if there was a better trade for Utah out there, but I definitely would have liked to see something bigger happen. But what um, what what was your favorite trade? I, I know that as a Mavs fan, you're not too th- thrilled about the KP trade, but um, what was the trade that you feel like um, is, is the best? Were you the most excited for? Yeah, I... I don't want to talk about the KP trade. I, I don't think it's a, a lost cause. I just think, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. I think the Mavs were, it was set up that the Mavs were going to trade KP eventually before his contract yeah. was over. And I think if they were patient, they could have gotten a much better return for Chris Dapps. Uh th- That being said, that may be me just being hopeful uh, because he does keep getting injured. So, uh, I, I think even now there, there's probably a better deal out there. Um, if yeah. they did a little bit more digging, no, that makes it, sense. The the reasoning behind it, why they did kind of rush it though, is they needed to open up some cap room so they could re-sign Dorian Finney-Smith. So uh, I, I think that's kind of why they rushed that. Uh, the other trade that I don't have all the details pulled up, as I said, I'm kind of in a new apartment. I don't have the luxury of a second monitor right now. Um, but the Pacers Kings trade, where essentially the Pacers pick up, um, I'm blanking on the young guy's name, but Buddy Heald, 
Uh, and Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton. Halliburton a, pro- a promising guard who who's actually been really good this season. Stats haven't been like mind boggling, but he's he's been playing great. And then the Kings make more of a win now move, and it could be a great move for the future. Uh, picking up Sabonis, a, a nice stretch four. He could play stretch five if you need to. So I think that's interesting, both from the Pacers, because the Pacers were looking to kind of blow things up, start a rebuild. And Halliburton's a pretty good piece to get that going and might speed it up. Um, and it looks like the Pacers aren't really going for the get as many picks as you can from the moves that they've been making, which I thought was interesting because that's been the popular rebuild move. And the Kings are looking to win now, which I don't know if their roster is built for that, but I really like Sabonis. I really like Fox. I think I don't think they'll be make a run in the playoffs, but I think they'll be a fun team to watch. Yeah, so what I've heard about the Pacers is that they, um, because of their market size and because of the local buy-in to the team, they are not financially able to sustain um, taking, tanking. That if they try to tank, that it's going to like cause fi- a bunch of financial problems for the team. So they can only try to retool and like rebuild through trades and things like that. And I mean, I think it's a steal. Like, I, it's really hard, right? Where you look at the Kings and you're like, well, this is a bad future move. And Halliburton was great. But it's also like, at least they're not just trying to tank. Like, we hate tanking in the NBA. But there's not necessarily a better way to rebuild. Like you have to get incredibly lucky and be, be like the Spurs and pick up, you know, Kawhi Leonard kind of late in the draft. And you know, like most of the picks ha- are available like in the top five. And if you're not there, then you're not going to get a star. So it's hard. But um, we're going to kind of get talking um, into talking about the value of first round picks. Because I really feel like that's kind of why the Jazz made the trade they did. Um, are you ready to get into Jazz talk? Talk about yeah. Joe Ingles and Elijah Hughes. And um, uh, I'm I might be more excited about this trade than other people, but I I want to hear a lot your more in, I want to hear your more in depth opinion of it. I, I know I heard your summary yeah. version before we hit record, but so basically, thank you, Joe, and thank you, Elijah. I mean. If you guys want to go take a look at it, we talked a lot last week about how we didn't think Joe was going to be here, and that um ended up being the case. But it's really sad to see him go after you know his seven eight he- years here in the state. Um, after you know Renee, um, his wife, and all that they've done for the community, and I, I really hope that Joe comes back on the minimum next year. I don't know if that's feasible, and he can go- probably make some more money elsewhere. Money's not necessarily his number one priority, but still, like. You should get paid what you're worth, and I don't know if he should take the minimum. Um, but beyond that, like, the Jazz made a move, and I think it's a lot bigger in the fact that it showed that Ryan Smith is going to pay $30 million, um, you know, due to the fact that he took on contracts and that he's paying, and that $17 million of that is luxury tax money. Like, that's a lot of money. That would probably be, like, the fourth highest paid Jazz player. $17 million in luxury tax and a risk at the repeater tax. So to see Ryan and Ashley do that means a lot for the Jazz. Now, um, obviously, I do I do have some excitement for, um, let me make sure I don't butcher his name, Nick Nickel Alexander-Walker. I do. Um, he's not a defensive player. He's kind of like a Jordan Clarkson-style guy. Um, but he's, the sev- he's a 17th, um, 17th round, no. He's the number 17 <laughs> pick from a few years back, like, he has some potential, and I feel like that almost what that move, what's that move? What? Sorry, I cannot talk today. Um, is what the move was. It was to get a guy with potential, 
um, where you're not going to have a draft pick that high anytime soon and to put him into the development system. Um, I think we can probably both agree that Wancho, um, I'm butchering this, Wancho and our Erna Gomez, Hernan Gomez um, is just going to ride the bench and then, you know, worst case, maybe get bought out, but probably just ride the bench um, and then just not be re-signed next year. I, I think that that's probably a fair assumption. But Nikel Alexander-Walker, I do think is going to be with the team for a bit. And there's some upside there, but I just don't think he can really add to anything happening now since he can't fill in Joe Ingles' minutes. He would just take minutes away from Jordan Clarkson and we're not taking minutes. The Jazz aren't going to take away minutes from JC to put him in. Yeah, and I think that's that's a pretty solid take. Here's here's why I'm, and I agree with like ninety eight percent of that. Where this is this is mainly a move for the future, and I don't think it was a move that they're trying to make for the future. Um, yeah, I think it just have like I'm really excited that they got Nikhil Alexander Walker from the Ingles trade. Because what I was expecting from the Ingles trade is the Jazz trade Ingles a second and get a second in return. <laughs> and so I, yeah. I just thought no, they, that's would, a fair. they would just... Maybe it. even a first. Like if it's just a salary dump, yeah. maybe even a first, you know. Okay. And the Jazz are really unwilling to give up first round picks. And a lot of fans don't like that. But I think I'm kind of on board with it. Like what happens when the Clippers don't get a title? And then don't have first round picks for like the next decade. That's that's yeah. not a good and, that's not a good outcome. And and the Jazz are heading in that direction. We already don't have very many picks, uh, so yeah. we need to be careful not to move that direction. So we gave the Jazz gave up two seconds, which honestly I am never concerned about giving up a second. I realize the Jazz got a second round pick this year, who I'm in Butler, who I'm really excited about. They were going to pick him in the first round, though, so we'll see how that yeah. goes. Um, but for so, and I agree with you, Wancho. Like this is his fifth or sixth year in the league. This is his third team so far this season. That's a sign he's he's on his way out. With the Spurs, he played like five games, averaged like eleven minutes a game, and only averaged like one point and two rebounds. So he played minutes and he didn't do anything. So. I hope he doesn't see a minute in a Jazz game, nothing against him. But if it comes to that, that means the Jazz have a lot of injuries. So with hey, Nikhil, I mean, the, the Jazz are blowing up. Oh, well, the lead's not. It's 37-26 right now, so you know. Yeah. I mean, and, if it's a blowout, but yeah, totally. Like meaningful minutes, I don't want to see him play any meaningful minutes. Agreed. No. Yeah, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he, here's the good side and the bad side. So he's young. He has a ton of potential. He's a six-six shooting guard, which for the Jazz feels huge, giant. Yeah, that's like our the size of our centers. Not kidding, Rudy, Rudy Gobert's <laughs> big, but the, the Jazz are very undersized, particularly at the Jazz at the guard and like small forward spots. So it's nice yeah. to get that size in there. Um, he he's about a thirteen point three rebound, three assist guard uh, coming off the bench. I forgot to, he was in the twenty minute range. He's not going to be getting that with the Jazz. I'll I'll say yeah, that right now. Not. So those numbers are going to drop. Uh, here's the big downside. Uh, Nate mentioned like he, he's not the best defender. I've seen Coach Quinn be able to take mediocre to bad defenders and make them solid defenders. Passable. So, <laughs> yeah. So so like good enough. Uh huh. Yeah. Like 
So I'm not terribly worried about that side. What I am worried about is his shooting efficiency. He's under, if I'm remembering these numbers right, I think he's under 40% from the field. He's like high 30s. And his three-point percentage is just over 30%. So he's a volume shooter. He's He's going to have more spacing. He's going to have better spacing in Utah. Like, the Pelicans are not known for their spacing. I think that that's a fair statement. Um, So he's going to have better spacing in Utah, and hopefully that can help him. Like, he has a lot of potential. And if you look at his college numbers, like, he can definitely be passable. Um, And he can, you know, step up to fill that JC role in the future. But this definitely isn't a win-now move. And I don't necessarily think that the Jazz should have made, you know, like, the Harrison Barnes or... I don't even know what you give up for Jeremy Grant. Um, and yeah, that, that wouldn't have happened. That would no, have been tough it, to make that trade. It would have been tough to make that trade. And so that's why it didn't happen. And sadly, I've got to say, you know, and thankfully the Jazz are winning in February. I'm not against great teams, but they're winning, which is more than what's happening in January. <laughs> but I do think that I would say that, that the Jazz are a um, tier two contender right now. Um, yeah. They're behind the Suns. They're behind the Warriors. I personally disagree with putting them behind the Grizzlies. I think their experience is, I think they're a better team than the Grizzlies, and I think their experience is necessary. Um, the Jazz got lazy and lost game the first game against the Grizzlies this year, and they had nobody for game two. Like, I, I just don't foresee the Grizz, um, the Jazz. The, the, the Grizzlies might have a higher seed than the Jazz, but I don't foresee the Jazz losing to the Grizzlies in a playoff series if that's what happens. But I think that the Jazz are kind of hoping for some luck like the Suns and Bucks had last year where there are injuries and you don't have to play teams at full strength. Um, And that happens in the league, you know. And while, yeah, I think the Jazz are a Tier 2 contender, like last year, what was every national media pundit saying about the Bucks? Like, they're not going to be able to do this. They can't beat the Nets. They can't beat the Nets. What were they saying when they were down two games, 2-0, I think, in the series against the Nets? They're not going to be able to do this. Like, everyone was already firing Mike Bultenholzer, like, you know, in the second round. Like, everyone was firing him. And all of a sudden, who's the finals favorite this year? Like, it is a what have you done for me lately. And it went from, like, the Bucs are never going to be good enough to the Bucs are going to win the title this year. Like everyone thinks, oh, like like Giannis is the MVP who no who no one's talking about because he's just that good. I mean, I'm not necessarily a like. I think the Suns and um, Golden State Warriors are great, but like no one thought the Mavericks were going to win back in what 2011. Did I get mm-hmm. the year right there? Yeah. Um, you know, no, but it, it's just yes, the Jazz are going to need some things to fall their way, but they're still a really good team. You know, so like it, it still could happen. And uh, like th- this may be the optim- optimist's perspective. Uh, there's still a lot of basketball to play. I don't know how the seedings going to play out. Yeah. But last year, the Jazz ran into a Clippers team, which uh, compared to the rest of the league, I think the Jazz were, uh, especially after the Clippers got hurt, uh, when Kawhi, Kawhi got hurt, I think the Jazz were a higher tier team, but the Clippers just matched up really well against the Jazz. The Jazz fought hard. It was a tough series, but the matchups didn't play in the Jazz's favor. Well, if you and look Mike the, was injured, right? And Donovan was yeah. hurt. Like, and it, that, you it was a rough that. series. Um, 
a heartbreaking series if like looking back on it but look at who the jazz are going to have to go through um like the clippers are kind of a non-factor it's looking like maybe paul george Kawhi leonard might not even play in the playoffs at this point we'll we'll see how that goes that may change uh the lakers I, I don't love the matchup against the Lakers. I think the Lakers kind of have some right pieces that can make it tough for the Jazz, but the Lakers aren't playing anywhere toward, like, we'll see how that plays out. So they're kind of down. Yeah. And let's look at some of the top teams that are above the Jazz. The Suns are an excellent team. Um, a lot of people are overlooking them. I think they're, they're a really, really well-built team that are playing excellent. I think, uh, like... This, that series could go either way. I think the Jazz match up really well against the Suns. I I would love to see that series just as a basketball fan. We've seen how like the, the Warriors aren't as they're beatable. We we've seen that. Obviously, they have injuries, but they're not the Warriors from the past. I think the Jazz have a chance there. Obviously, yeah. you said the Jazz have a chance against the Grizzlies. I'd yeah. put the Jazz against the Mavericks. Uh, I I would take the Jazz probably. I, Seven I don't out know, of Ber- ten times against. I, the I don't know, Dale. Bertans and um, Bertans and Dinwiddie. That's a you, you're hyped up about those pickups, right? They're going to average eighty points together. Like I thought, they were expiring contracts. I cannot believe that that Bertans is through like twenty twenty five and um, Dinwiddie's through like twenty twenty four. Like they are there for the long haul. But, yeah, so, well, the, I don't know oh, what the plan is there. Oh gosh, but yeah, what, like what you're saying. I mean. They can definitely beat those teams. Now, the first round series is going to be the only series like where I'm confident, like Call Banks, Nathan Mortensen, stamp of approval. We'll make it through it. We'll make it through. But you're going to be playing the Warriors or the um, Suns in round two. Like I can't, unless of course, you know, like the Kings make the play in tournament, get the eight seed and knock off one of those teams, which <laughs> Like, yes, I'm all in Let's hope for that, yeah. We're hoping for that. I mean, that's the only reason the Mavericks won a title. But we'll we'll make – this isn't a Mavericks podcast, so we'll try to steer away from that a bit. But, yeah, it's it's rough. Like, it's going to be rough for the Jazz. And they're going to need Donovan to be healthy. They're going to need Rudy to be healthy. They're going to need them to have the games of their lives. And, like, Donovan Mitchell has reminded me in the month of February how good he's been this year. Like there's a re like I I honestly believe if he hadn't been injured at all this year, like well maybe this isn't the case, but he has honestly like been having a better season in my opinion almost than John Morant, and maybe that's not true, but he's elite and it's going to be exciting to see what happens and we saw what he was able to do in the first few games against the Clippers before he got hurt, so I definitely am not writing the Jazz off. But I am definitely kind of tempering my expectations right now. And we'll see what happens. And we'll see what Trent Forrest is able to do. We'll see if Rudy Gay kind of gets back into it. We'll see if Clarkson is able to improve. Well, and Clarkson, I think, is going to be really hurt by Joe by not being able to play with Joe. But I'm definitely kind of trying to feel out this team and feel out who they are. But I do think they're a top four team. Yeah, and I... Uh... At least in the West. They're like a top six or seven team in the league. Yeah, the the East is like... There haven't been many years that I've been excited to watch the Eastern Conference playoffs. 
Um, yeah. I'm just like, I wonder who gets through it. And maybe that's to blame on LeBron James where <laughs> it, was a, it was a foregone conclusion who was getting through the East. Uh, but this year, the East, um, especially like Jazz aren't, as we just mentioned, Jazz are kind of second tier title contenders in the West. They're not the favorites to make it through the West, but they have a fighting chance. Um, and so I think the East is going to be really fun to watch. And it's interesting how many contenders are popping up in the East right now. So uh, I will, we'll cover that more as we, that's way off jazz topic, but we'll cover that more as we get closer to the playoffs and we see how this jazz team is. Cause like you said, Ingles is out. He's not a starter. So it's not like the biggest blow he, he's traded. And so now this, the spacing on the bench, as you mentioned, Clarkson without Ingles, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm curious to see what lineups come out from that, and maybe we'll start seeing things like Conley playing with the bench a little bit more, or Mitchell playing with the bench a little bit more to get more of a point guard feel that can help stretch the floor with that lineup. No, it'll be interesting, and please let us know what you guys think in the comments. Um, We can't touch on everything here. Um, I am slowly watching as the magic fight back. It's (laughs) 44-37 right now. So we'll be posting this Saturday morning. You'll know whether or not we had a good night afterwards watching the Jazz win a game they should or if they somehow blow a game to the magic. So thank you guys so much for watching. Um, Please follow wherever you're at. Um, Please give us a like, comment. We'll be doing a giveaway here next week for a Jazz hat. So stay tuned for that. And really just thank you guys so much for the support and go jazz.